0: You're about to hear a message from our lead pastor, Michael Signorelli. Prepare to go, be one. Okay, I want to do something right now, so... Now last night I was praying for this service and I was preparing and I said, you know, in an ideal world where you're just sequencing through what's happening in the service, you would just transition and this is the time when I preach, but I've gotta just derail this service flow for a second to let the Holy Spirit have his way. Can I do that? Because really I'm not in the business of pleasing any of you. I've got a God that I'm working for right now and I'm much more concerned about what he wants to happen. Is that all right? Okay. There's somebody in this room. This isn't a podcast thing, this isn't a live stream thing. I'm talking, you are in this room right now. I don't know who you are, but when I was in prayer last night for this service, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you were told by one of your parents that you were an accident. And you have lived your entire life with those words ringing through your ears that you're an accident. You're an accident. You're an accident. You're an accident. And as those words have echoed through your entire life, you have lived feeling like there was no purpose for your life because you were told that there was no intention around your existence. But see, a man and a woman can come together and make a body, but only God can make a life. And whether they chose to make a body does not mean that God didn't choose to make your life. There's a curse being broken off of you right now. I literally have chills all over my entire body right now. There is a curse of those words that's being broken off of your life. The only person that can truly give identity is your heavenly father. So your parents, they can give you a name, but your heavenly father is the only one who can give you an identity. And there's a curse being broken. I don't know who that was for, but there's a holy moment in this place, so just close your eyes with me to remove all distractions. I saw a lot of people crying during that moment. I seen those words resonating with someone. This is not Mike Signorelli. This is the Holy Spirit. Jesus is alive and well. We celebrate Easter every single day because our God is alive. And when you're alive, you talk like a living person and walk like a living person and have business like a living person. And your dad in heaven is alive through the Holy Spirit here on earth. And his business is to speak to you right now. And what he's saying is that you are not an accident. There is a destiny on your life. There is a purpose and a plan on your life. And the curse is broken. In the name of Jesus, today you walk out of here free. Today you walk out loved. Today you walk out accepted. Today you walk out having found a home. In Jesus' name, can everyone just say amen? Amen. You just put your hands together for what God just did in this room right now. Listen, I don't care what any preacher or any other denomination or religion has told you, but the gospel still means good news. It's good news. The point of the Bible wasn't beat you up. The point of the Bible is your dad loves you so much that he didn't let you do it alone. Can I preach to you for a little while today? Okay, why don't you do this? Just hug the person next to you and just say, I don't even know what just happened, but this is awesome. And you can find your seat. <laughs> oh, man, I'm so excited. <laughs> Is anyone else excited for the grand finale who surprise me? <laughs> can we just welcome everyone who's hanging out with us? I see some new faces. Can we just welcome them one more time? You know, I guarantee you have found one of the most dysfunctional families here on Long Island, but um, we actually will love you a lot. That's how we make up for being messed up, is we just try to love you really well. I'm a little messed up. (laughs) Um, You know, the church was actually never a human invention. Do you know that God actually, this is his idea? Did you guys know that? When you read this book, it, it actually tells us that church was God's idea. And so he blesses his own ideas. And even in our imperfections, we have this rule here, no perfect people allowed. Is that all right? Can anyone help me abide by that? No perfect people allowed? You know, it's, that's the only way I got in today. And I'm the pastor, so I know you all need grace. I can see it all over your face. You, you argued with your spouse on the way in because you almost got in a car wreck because of that rain, because nobody knows how to drive in the rain out here. I can see it. Your marriage almost ended before you got to church over the rain. You know, I love my wife, but I'm scared to drive with her <laughs> more than she's afraid to drive with me. I don't know who gave her a license. The state of Indiana did. They're like, are you going to drive a tractor part time? They're like, she's like, yeah. And they're like, all right, here's your license. There's not that much to kill out here. And you come to New York, it's like, OK. It's a little, the stakes are a little higher here, Julie. You're going to have to watch. <laughs> i'm just dissing her but um she's amazing and it's been it's been awesome having her back and uh it's just just feels so good you know like i used to look forward to friday and saturday night now i'm lame i just the real party sunday morning am i right it's like the real and you guys are like the diehards you know because when it rains those are like those diehard like frat boy party version people you know what i'm saying because I still, as a pastor for the life of me, have never been able to figure out how we will voluntarily seek out water in a shower and then run away from it to get to our car. We're weird like that. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, but thanks so much for coming out in the rain. And is anyone excited that we are offering another service time starting next week? Last week there was like five or six seats left in here and I was watching people and I thought, man, you know, we need to do something about this. And we had been talking about it. Julie and I come from a church in Indiana where we did five services on a Sunday. So I felt like I was part-timing it a little bit. And I was like, what can I do? But it's gonna be great, 9 a.m. is awesome. You know, you you guys will be able to wake up and come here and um, some of you guys will double dip. Is there anyone who's like, I'm just gonna double dip? Anyone, a few of you, yeah. I was one of those people. Why don't you guys turn to Acts chapter 17 in your Bibles? We have a V1 Church app that works on God's ordained platform, iOS. And it also works. We got it in the devil's camp over at Droid as well. And I can say that if you want to say something different, you got to plant your own church. (laughs) Everyone's like, challenge accepted. Time to go rogue. No, I'm just kidding. I I love Droid, too. Actually, sometimes for those of you who are like avid uh, Apple fans, we know that some of our best features we stole from Droid, you know? Um, Take it right out of the enemy's camp, redeem it. But (laughs) we're going to look at Acts chapter 17. And I want to talk to you today about the, the subject of what in the world does God want me to do with my life? And why is he not telling me the whole plan? Because if by definition he's God, he's certainly not surprised about what's going to happen next. And he's saying that he knows everything that's getting ready to happen, but he ain't telling it to me. So what am I supposed to do for God? Is there anyone who's ever asked that question before? Or am I the only one? So. You know that's in the Bible, the the answer is actually here. We're gonna look at that together. And if you download our app and your Bible glows, that's okay, this is no judgment zone. Um, There's a Bible that's actually in our app as well. And you can listen to previous podcast episodes. And we've had people from all over the world that have been sending messages and saying that they went V1 and they're with us, even though they're not in the room. So can we just give it up for everyone who's listening to the podcast right now? Awesome so before we look at acts chapter 17 for this last episode of surprise me i was on the l train in brooklyn the other day and because i live in queens you know i I, it's like you know there's that little bit of hood in me that so even when i moved to new york i was like i just got to go to the hood where i feel comfortable (laughs) i'm just kidding (laughs) so i was on the l train and i it was so funny because this guy got in and he had his suitcase and you could tell that this was about to be his very first experience ever on a subway and he got in with a friend and it was so funny i almost recorded it but then that would be mean but then i got that mean side to me it's still there anyone else you're like i'm saved but i'm not sanctified You know, like, Jesus, I gave you like the 98% that was really, really bad. But then that other flavor of bad, I keep it in reserve because it's kind of fun. That's just my journey. I don't know where you're at. So this guy walks in uh, to the L train, and he's got got his luggage, and he sits down. And it's so funny because he immediately starts praying. But it wasn't like, I'm a holy man kind of prayer. It was like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to die, so I'm going to make it right with God before I die. Kind of prayer and so I keyed into it and I'm watching him but simultaneously the person next to him is like it's a thrill like looking around and doing all the things you're not supposed to do on a New York like, City subway like you're not supposed to actually look people in the eyes because you enga- you engage a fight like it's like as soon as your eyes meet their, their brain goes mortal combat <laughs> it's like in their head it summons that up that was retro 90s stuff Evan's like what's mortal Kombat? I'm just kidding, I love you, Evan. <laughs> I'll tell you. But anyways, um, it depends on where you're at. There was older people. I was like, "I don't know. It's weird. But anyways, you don't and so the other person next to the scared guy was like taking pictures and you know having a great time, and they were having this experience. Well and it's, every single time a stop came on the L train, this guy re upped on his prayer. It was like I was watching him go through these cycles. It would like the train would take off and he'd be like, oh, God, oh, God, please. And he would start and then all of a sudden it w- he would ease into it. And he'd be like, OK, I'm getting the hang of this. And then there would come to a stop and he'd be like, oh, God, oh, God, please, please. And he looked like an otherwise intelligent, normal person. I think he just really had seen a bad movie or something and thought it was going to be all over. Um, and then at one point he looked at me and... I thought that I gave him the kind of smile that's like, everything's going to be OK, bro. But he was so racked with fear, I think he inter- interpreted it as this diabolical, like, yeah, you are probably going to die. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure that's how he heard it. Because I smiled at him like, like that. And he was like, oh, no. <laughs> like His face turned. Oh, why is he smiling? <laughs> like, I'm this sick, twisted New Yorker. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm just having fun. This has nothing to do with my message. No, I'm just kidding. But here's the thing about it. When I looked at him, I instantly became aware of the fact that many of us are like those two people on the train. Some of us are just enjoying it. And this glorious experience. And somebody else is just terrified every single turn, every transition, every single next step that you take in life. It's like you're re-upping on the fear and the torture. And It's funny because scared, and for those of you who are taking notes, you can kind of write this down. Scared and surprised both have the same root. It's mystery. See, the difference between being scared and being surprised or being willing to be surprised is mystery, the root is I don't know what's going to happen next. And how you interpret what you think is going to happen next determines whether or not you're in a position of fear or whether or not you're in a position of faith and expectation and being willing to be surprised. Can somebody just turn to the person next to them and say, can you surprise me? (laughs) Look at maybe the next person next to you on the other side and say, come on, surprise me. Some marriages were healed in that moment. <laughs> the title of this message today is The Foot Lamp and the Floodlight. The Foot Lamp and the Floodlight. And I believe that before the next two and a half hours of my preaching is over, <laughs> um, that somebody's going to get free and that God's going to deal with something that's been anchored into your soul that needs to be plucked out from the root and it's this feeling of um, maybe it's not me maybe it's not now maybe it's not here and god's saying it's you it's right here it's right now it's not pastor mike it's not i actually brought pastor mike and julie to actually use them to tell you that it's about you and what god wants to do in your life and how he wants to use you to do something great so Acts chapter 17, Paul is actually talking to a group who at this point really doesn't believe in God. It's, he's in Athens, and Athens was sort of like the Long Island of the day. It was like a cosmopolitan area full of all different types of people who believed all different types of things. And some of them believed in you know, these weird little gods and these things. It was like kind of a concoction. It was like, well, I'm spiritual but not religious. You ever hear that before? No, I'm sort of spiritual. I float in rooms. I levitate. I don't know if you saw me. I'm spiritual, but not religious. Well, I watched you drive into church. You're not that spiritual. (laughs) So he's talking to these people because they actually have this God with the inscription, the God no one knows, the unknown God. And Paul's looking at that and actually thinking to himself, how absurd is that? They're worshiping a God that they don't even know. And so he said, then he gets a Holy Spirit-inspired idea, and he says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to tell them the name of that God. His name's Jesus. And all of a sudden, he says this. Let's just look at it. Verse 26 says, from one man he made all the nations, that they should inhabit the whole earth, and he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. So wait a second. Let me just stop at verse 26. He said, I made this world. I made out the boundaries of time and the seasons and the way things would happen. Like I knew that in 1986, Daniel was going to be born. And I knew that in 1994, Scott was going to be born. And he's got it all figured out as far as when people would have their appointed time in history. I didn't choose when I dropped in. Did you? But God did. God did. And he's saying God did this look at verse 27 and you're like well wait wait a second why why is it all orchestrated like this if God knows the seasons and the times and he knows actually how it's all going to work out and and why doesn't he tell us every detail of that because you know my life has been pretty confusing I don't know about yours and there have been many times where I have not been able to figure out which next step I should take and I'm kind of like god listen you couldn't send me a text you couldn't send me an email you couldn't give me a phone call like like why aren't you helping me figure out all the details of this story if you know them ahead of time and and if paul was right when he said in verse 26 that i know the appointed season and i know the appointed time that you would be alive why can't you just tell me the whole story up front And here's where we get the answer. If you're asking that question, why does God not just reveal the whole thing? It says this, God did this. Somebody say, God did it. (laughs) Okay. This, this is intentional. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. Okay. are you ready for this? Let me just submit to you this morning that instead of God, okay, I'm just getting ready to rev up, okay? Can I foam at the mouth and preach to you this morning? Okay, are you ready to go? Do those seats have seat belts? God chose instead of giving you a roadmap to give you a relationship. See, he could have gave you a book, but he gave him himself. He could have said, OK, you want to know your life? Here, Here, here. the pages of this book is your life. Take the next 60 years, 75 years, 85 years. Some of you are like, why is my book so thin? You know, here's your life. Here's everything that's going to happen. Peace, I'm out. I'll be, I'll be on the other side. Peace, I'm out. But instead of giving you the, the entire roadmap with every detail, you know what he said I'll give you? Myself. And for those of you who don't know God, that's a raw deal because you have nothing. You have no roadmap, no details, no clue what's going on, and no relationship with the only one who can tell you. Yeah, so you found your way into church today. So your friend shared a podcast with you today. It says this in verse. Let's look at it more time, because I'm telling you, somebody is getting some walls. Verse 27, God did this so that they, you're the they, so that you would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. God could have given you a roadmap, but he gave you a relationship. (laughs) I just love it. Let me read this to you. This is Pastor Georgie Kelsey. She said, for our plan, we have our ability our strength, our power, but for God's plan, we have His okay and so maybe if you've been through the self-help section and you've read all those books and you still said i'm coming up short i don't necessarily feel any less confused than i did after reading the entire library and how to find the answer from within myself can i submit to you right now that the answer is not inside of you even though every disney movie convinced you it is it's outside of you through the person of jesus christ and god does that to keep you dependent on a relationship with him. And it's not to torture you. Some of you are like, that's mean. Well, you haven't met God yet. Because when you get into his presence and you begin to have his arms envelop around you and you feel his sweet presence, the aroma, the fragrance of his voice begins to envelop your ears, you'll say, oh, forget the roadmap, Forget knowing every single detail. I want to know him. Because in this place, I have peace that surpasses all understanding. In this place, I have a love that overwhelms me. I'll drown over here in this ocean of grace. instead of drowning in an ocean of my own intellect because one of them will keep you in captivity and keep you striving in your own energy and in your own power and the other one over here will have you just cruising doesn't mean it's gonna be easy doesn't mean that you're not gonna go through something in life but you know what it does mean it does mean you don't go alone it does mean you don't go alone Julie's an amazing wife, but there are times she just doesn't understand. So for all my single people, we got a couple. We got three in this church, right? Three single people. We do hashtag refresh and they're all like, can I just come and look at couples be happy? (laughs) But let me just ruin it for you right now. Marriage is not going to solve your loneliness. Can I just go ahead and ruin it for you? You know, we do a lot of marriage counseling, and one of the biggest issues we all always have to deal with is you know that person didn't solve your whole life, right? Yeah. It's a pretty high expectation. Julie gave me props for doing laundry. I've only done it three times in the last decade, okay? <laughs> and the woman down the street at the laundromat did it for me. I just paid her extra. <laughs> it's called leadership, guys. <clears throat> biggest clap for laundry. Yeah. Must be a bad message this Sunday. <laughs> But here's what I'm trying to say to you. God could have given you the plan, but he chose to give himself. And that's why as long as you stay disconnected from God, you're never going to find it in a mate. You're never going to find it in a relationship. You know, too, in a relationship, I'll give 50%, you give 50%. You know that still equals 50%, right? 100% and 100% is what makes a good marriage. And when you come to God, he wants to give you his plan, which is connected to his abilities. (laughs) Man, somebody, you know, I was thinking about this, like the story of my life. Like, guys, we're in heaven, Rome. Guys, we just released Michael Signorelli's spirit into the earth through a dirt body. It's Italian with some other stuff. And we dropped him into a marriage that just ended in a trailer park. People are like, man, God, you really screwed him, didn't you? God's like, oh, no, no, no. (laughs) You only have one page. I got the whole book. (laughs) Some of you in this room, some of you in this room, you know what my message to you is? Turn to the next page. Turn to the next page you know the best stories got a little bit of drama in them is there anyone here with some drama in their life right now you know the the best plots are the one where you don't know how it's gonna work out that's called a surprise could I submit to you right now that God might be orchestrating one of the biggest judo flip surprises he's ever pulled off and he's calling it your life can I just tell you today that you what you expected was gonna end in tragedy might be a comedy See, you might end up laughing at the end of the story because you started crying. And I'll tell you what the Bible does say. It says the end of a thing is better than the beginning. (laughs) I said the Bible says the end of a thing is better than the beginning. Oh, he might have started in the trailer park. There ain't nothing wrong with trailer parks. Man, I hear, it's probably twice as much square footage as my New York City apartment, to be honest with you. But it's, it's, A small home's one thing, a broken home's another. And what God wants to do is put all the the pieces back together. Man, I just feel God's presence in this place. I want to show you something. This is Revelation. Just join with me. We're going to go over to Psalms 119, 105. We're reading out of the NIV today, the second holiest version of the Bible to (laughs) KJV. Psalms 119, 105, many of you probably know this. It says this, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. And, you know, it, it's funny because what we often want from God is a floodlight, but instead he gave us a lamp. It seems cruel because you wish you could take that light, shine it down from here, you, where you are in time and space, down the corridor of time, and see every single thing that you need to see. But instead, what he gives us is a footlamp. He says, "My word in your life will be a footlamp, not a floodlight." See what happens is God actually gives you a footlamp forward, and then gives you a floodlight backwards. And so where we want God so badly to just reveal to us all the details of our future, you know what he tells us? you know, I'm going to have you required to take one step at a time in this thing I call faith. See, faith is the evidence of things hoped for. It's the substance of things not seen. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you just a few inches in front of your feet to keep you leaning into my voice, to keep you leaning into my presence. See, I'm not going to give the floodlight to the future, but I promise you, once I get you far enough along on the journey, I might turn you around and shine the floodlight and say, oh, you want to know why? That's I right there you want to know what I was doing in that season this is what I was working around see what seemed like confusion to you was a master plan that I was orchestrating you would have never took this route even if I gave it to you that's the truth so I kept you in a position where you needed me more than you just needed the instruction Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says this for I know the plans that I have for you declares the Lord Mike Signorelli, one of these days you're going to be in Portage, Indiana, and you're going to look into a crowd of people, and you're going to see your boo kitty, Julie, Julie Owens, for I know the plans that I have for you. Did I know that that we were going to partner in ministry and lead a church and do all the work? No. Was there any evidence that that was even possible several years ago? No. For I know the plans that I have for you, Mike, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. You know, we, this is our posture to God when he shows up. Are you going to hurt me like everyone else did? Are you going to leave me? like? How could you be so different? And then he reaches out his hands and says, I want to give you a hope and a future. Let me just teach you the word give. Can you just stand to your feet with me right now? I want to close this down by teaching you the word give. See, I didn't understand the word give because in the grocery store of my childhood, I wasn't, I didn't have the money. Our family didn't have the ability for me to point at something and scream at it until one of the parents purchased it. Now I have two kids who are well-versed in that. And see when you're in this posture of lack, when you're going through it, all of a sudden, it's like you're not used to just like grabbing a hold of whatever you want and claiming it. So the word give to receive something just doesn't make sense. But, you know, rewards are earned, but gifts are received. Can I just say that again? See, rewards are earned, but gifts are. OK, so God wants to give you what? What does Jeremiah 29, say? Can I just teach for a second? I want to give you a hope in a future. Does it say it's a reward for how awesome you are and how much you get it right? Does it say it's a reward for following every single rule and dotting all the I's and crossing all the T's and waking up at 5 a.m. like a robot and doing your devotional and then migrating through your day and you never get it wrong, and then I'll give you a hope in a future? I plan to give it to you. It's a gift. So really, the question is, can you receive it, not can you earn it? I will give you a hope and a future. There's four things that happen. I want to do this. There's four things that happen. You've got to remind yourself these four things as you are turning your scared into surprise. Number one, God is good said, God is good. That's a very, very, very scandalous phrase. God is good. Can I just say it again? God is good. Is there anyone here who can help me out? God is good. Okay, see, now I know I'm I'm impacting because you all got quiet because you probably don't feel like God is good after what happened to you. But can I just tell you he didn't do it? But he's going to use it. The way that you go from scared to surprised is saying, God, you're good. And a good God is going to give me a good outcome. I said a good God is going to give me a good outcome. See, they try to convince me that God wasn't good, but no, God is good. God is good. Number two, God (laughs) chose to give you a relationship with him instead of the roadmap. So some of you, here's your roadmap that you're desiring so long. Here's what I want you to do with it today. I don't need it. I don't even need to know. I don't even need to know. See, that's a liberating thought. How's it going to work out? How am I going to strategize here? How am I going to position here? How am I going to strive here? How am I going to hijack this relationship? How am I going to pay that bill? How am I going to connive? How am I going to lie? How am I going to steal? How am I going to manipulate? Instead, you say, God is good. God is good. That means there's a good outcome, and I don't need to figure it out anymore because I got something better than a plan. I got a relationship with a God who loves me, an unlimited resource through him number three God gives us the foot lamp forward and the floodlight backward faith makes clear moving forward and wisdom makes clear looking backward see I didn't have wisdom when I was running around getting drunk trying to talk to wisdom to women now now my greatest conversation I have is with the Lord who gives me wisdom and I have faith moving forward and I have wisdom looking backward and number four The story of your life isn't a tragedy. It's a page turning testimony. When it looks impossible, turn the page. When it looks like it can't happen, turn the page. Can somebody say, turn the page? When it looks like it's over, but but you don't understand, uh, he just died of cancer. Oh no no no! You thought that was the the end of the story. Actually, turn the page. He's in heaven, shouting glory, worshiping around the throne, seeing the wonders that our eyes can't even behold. Oh oh! But you don't understand. I already got divorced. Oh oh! And it's it's irreparable. Oh, turn the page. Turn. God didn't give you the gift of singleness. well delete Instagram. Start there. But then turn the page because God. Got someone, and he's preparing you just like he's preparing them. Turn the page. Is there somebody who could shout, Turn the page? Your story is not over, it is not done. Turn the page. And you know what? I'm telling you, there was a time where my expectation was so low and it was so perverted and it was so twisted by, by the enemy and now I'm telling you I'm locked in I'm seeing what God can do you are a part of his plan you are a part of his story I couldn't have made this up in my wildest dreams can you just close your eyes turn the page turn the the page the best stories got a little bit of drama but the best ones the very legendary stories have a plot twist this is where God wants to twist the plot right now this this is the moment this is the plot twist it's all the way up until now you were doing it alone all the way up until now you were striving in your own ability in your own strength in your own intellect up until now It looked like if it happens, it's going to be you doing it. Here's the plot twist. I'm giving you myself, says God. I'm giving you me and my plan, which gives you my resources and my power and my ability and my wisdom. If you're here in this place with your eyes closed just to remove all distractions, and you're saying, you know what, Pastor Mike? I have been so wrecked wrecked by in the area of my expectations that I'm willing now to say, I want a plot twist. I want to turn the page and see something else. Would you just lift your hand to respond to what God's doing in this place? Come on, you can put your hands down. Is there anyone in this place just with no one looking around who said, you know what? I don't even know God. And it became brutally apparent during the course of this service that what I really want is the self-help book. But what I really need is a God who's living, breathing, speaking, active, communicating to me. Because in my life, he's been the unknown God that I was told to worship and told to go through the religious program. But I want to know him, and I want him to know me. And I want to accept Jesus. Is there anyone here who would just lift their hand and say, I want to accept him right now? Come on. Just put your hands down. I want you guys to just look at me. God knew that you would be here today. God knew in his perfect plan. It says in Acts chapter 17 that the the seasons and the times were all established by him. So he said, there's going to be a point where they're going to be so exasperated and so frustrated that I'm going to intervene. They're going to get to V1 Church, and they're going to hear what I have to say. And what I have to say is, I'm giving you me, and you don't walk out of this movie theater alone. You don't walk out having to figure it out. You've got brothers and sisters and a church that loves you and people who won't judge you as you go through layers of freedom in your life. And you walk out saying, there were times where I was abandoned. There were times where I was backstabbed. There were times where I was forsaken. But now the the scared is turning into the surprised. We're going to lift up a triumphant prayer and just allow God to seal it in your heart. Would you guys be willing to do that with me? Would you guys be willing to just raise up your voice and all just pray together for everyone who had their hand raised and said, I want to accept Jesus here. All right, let's just shout it out. So say so everyone just repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you gave me something better than a detailed plan. You gave me you, and I accept you today Come into my life. Jesus, wash me of my sin. Forgive me of my past. Make me new. Today, I receive the foot lamp. I don't even need the floodlight. Today, I'm walking with you. Today, I'm living for you. In Jesus' name. And everyone shout it out. Amen. Amen man come on put your hands together come on just celebrate what God's doing in this place right now come on lift it up Thank you for listening. Your experience doesn't have to end with this message. Visit us online at v1.church and send us a message. If you would like to help V1 reach New York and beyond, download the V1 Church app for iPhone and Android and click Give. Join us this Sunday for our weekend celebration. Directions and info can be found on our website.